toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I'm Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Dashima. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey, and we are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs, like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Hi, this is Stacey Musial with Be The Love Podcast. We're here to talk about Miracle Tea. Miracle Tea incorporates Moringa, which if you haven't heard, Moringa really helps with lowering blood sugar and helps with diabetes. It's rich in iron, which is essential for the production of red blood cells. It has seven times the vitamin C of oranges, four times the vitamin A of carrots, four times the calcium of milk, three times the potassium of bananas, and two times the protein in yogurt. Yes, you too can enjoy the health benefits of this superfood in a convenient and delicious form. Hi, this is Brenda Carey of Be The Love Podcast, and I too have really been enjoying Miracle Tea to help support healthy skin, hair, and immune function, as well as promote strong bones and overall well-being. You too can experience the health-boosting properties of Moringa and the other potent herbs and spices by enjoying a cup of Miracle Tea every day. Visit the Love Abundant store at drvarungandhi.com. Check out that link in the show notes. And you can listen to Dr. Varun Gandhi's episodes with Be The Love podcast. Those are episodes 106, 160, and 166. Our guest today is Dashima. She is a Renaissance woman with a global impact of over 100 million people worldwide. She is the author of several best-selling books, including Journey to Joyful and the founder of Flow State Yoga Institute and Bright Future Foundation. She has been featured in WSJ, Vogue, ABC, Discovery Channel, and OWN, and her books, videos, online courses, and educational certificate programs have impacted millions of people globally to heal, transform, and elevate their lives with the Flow State Yoga methodology. You can learn more about Dashama and get involved by connecting on social media. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, nice to be here. 
Yeah. So I'm so excited about our conversation on the flow state, but give us a story about your, your journey and what has led you down the spiritual path. You know, it's a long response to that, if you want the full story. But uh, I guess if I was going to give like a short version, I think where it always started for me was when I was a little kid, my mother, there was two parts to it. When I was, when I was a young person, when I was born, my mother and father were like actually very spiritual and they were into meditation and yoga and like organic food and, you know, anti-establishment, uh, I guess you could call it and things like that. But then... Um, when I and so we spent a lot of time in nature in the early time and I remember in the earliest years of my life I learned everything from nature I really believe that nature was my best teacher like even to this day mother nature is my number one guru but I feel what happened was when I was seven my mother lost her mind she was taking a combination of substances alcohol um, cocaine and peyote and this cocktail did not mix well and it destroyed her life and all of our lives and she ended up schizo like with schizophrenia so we ended up in foster homes and so it was really interesting the juxtaposition of what happened between starting life in such a beautiful way like I was born at home in a very organic beautiful way and my mother was like you know making all of our clothes by hand and you know we were in nature and it was just such a beautiful start and then it was like smash, you know, all of a sudden you're like in foster care, they're vaccinating us, we're in school, like I'm, and I ended up with a lot of trauma. And so it's interesting because at least I had that foundation of like understanding existence from the level of spirit and from the level of nature, which I really believe helped me through a lot of the difficult times, but I had a lot of difficult times ahead of that. And so years later, in when I was coming out of college, actually, well, even when I was in college, I remember one day I was like running and I kept changing my major because I couldn't figure out what I want to do with my life. And I remember thinking I was like always an athlete. I was always into movement. And I remember thinking, I wish that you could do a college major like 200 to study energy. This is like literally a thought that came to me while I was running because I was running along this river that was by the campus of my university. And it was just so interesting, like when I look back, because my soul was like, I want to just study energy. But like, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I didn't know that there was a such thing as studying energy in this way. Like then I ended up stumbling upon uh, the whole thing because I became very depressed you know I went along the route of the traditional American dream at age uh, right out right out of college I had this amazing boyfriend and we were in love and we bought like a, like a beautiful home on a golf course like when I was like 22 like literally we were like the American dream and then we were building our life around this vision of the future of what we were creating and and I had I was working a full-time job and a part-time business at the time and I I just got so extraordinarily burned out like complete adrenal depletion to the point where I was so depressed and everything that I thought was important became just it was just killing me and I and I was in bed for like a year like every spare moment if I had any moments I was in bed like depressed mm -hmm. and I couldn't find any joy in life I couldn't figure out like the purpose of even being here anymore and it was interesting because I got this like really early glimpse in my my adulthood of like having the American dream and realizing that's not it. And what, what it really was, I had to do soul searching. It was like actually one of my many different spiritual awakenings, I guess you could say in terms of like a deep rock bottom experience that awakened me to a realization that, you know, if you're not doing what you love, like nothing else matters. Like, you, you know, your whole life is just depressing if you if you're living someone else's idea of what you should be living in terms of life and so I asked myself certain questions I started asking like what would I do what like what could actually bring me joy and and I was asking these questions and then I remember thinking well I really like movement I was always an athlete and I loved yoga and I remember thinking every time I'm in yoga classes I love you know I had always been doing like some yoga ever since I was a kid but I always I never thought of it as something you could do as a career or anything I just was like okay I love doing that I love being in that energy and it always made me feel better so one day I was googling and I actually googled 
inner peace, which is funny because this was before like anybody was even on the internet. I was like, how do they even have websites? I don't know. Basically 2004, I was Googling inner peace and I found like a yoga teacher training and I was like, that's what I want to do. And I went and I just like surrendered to this experience that changed my entire life. And it was so amazing because right before I started that I was like so depressed, you know, and I had this horrible, like, just like blah, nothing like I was numb. And then, and it was interesting. So I started doing this yoga teacher training. I had to get up at 445 every single day and like meditate in the dark. And it was like kind of a really crappy yoga studio that had like cockroaches and it was, like, it was really terrible, but it didn't even matter because like, because it was such it was like so out of my comfort zone to be like up at 4am and then like drive an hour to sit in a cockroach motel basically and like meditate. And then we had to do mantras and we were doing yoga asana and then we did um, karma yoga and we had to like clean the toilet at the studio for free. And I had to do all these things that were like so out of the comfort zone and it just like changed my life. And it was so funny. I remember one day I was like scrubbing the toilet for free and singing like these mantras like <laughs> Jai Ganesha, Jai Ganesha. and it was like awareness became so clear that like I had changed on a very fundamental level the fact that I was actually in joy like in a joyous state doing this like thing that I normally would just be pissed about and then like you know chanting at these songs that I didn't even know what they meant and I asked the teacher what does it mean he's like don't worry about the meaning and I was just like this teacher doesn't even know what he's talking about like I was just like I did nothing else nothing really mattered though because I just felt good like my state had changed and I was like it's funny because I don't even know what exactly it was but I think it was actually a combination of all of it you know like just the discipline daily practice and doing things out of the comfort zone and then the 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 actual technology of mantras and meditation and breathwork and asanas and and ritual and karma yoga and, and like this whole philosophy of yoga like from the level of the teacher training was so interesting because it's like a science that will change you on a molecular level on a level of consciousness even if you don't even know why it's working or like even if you don't even like buy into the meaning of any of it it's just like it still works because there's a science about like kind of neurobiology of how it starts to like rewire the neural synapses and give you like a whole new like perspective on life and like start to elevate your vibration and your consciousness to gratitude and like this like divine energy you know, it was like so powerful. So after that, I had never intended to become a yoga teacher. And so after that, I just wanted to like share this with everybody. I was just like teaching everyone for free. And then I was like, you know what? Everyone loved doing yoga with me. They're like lining up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to do this, you know, as a business. So I started, like, I put some ads on Craigslist, like in 2005 and I got like so many clients. And then it was like, everyone hired me. Like I, I got hired by the hospital, by all the private schools. I was teaching at corporations I was like literally full-time and uh, within like one year I was making like $80,000 a year just like as a yoga teacher in like 2005 and it was so interesting because I was like I never thought you could do like a whole life around it and I realized early on that like when you're passionate like when you're truly aligned with your dharma and like you're doing your soul's work then the universe kind of like shows you by like providing a lot of support so it's like yeah go this way like all these little signs started to line up for me um in the earlier time and I remember even one of my clients he was like a marketing expert and a rabbi and he basically helped me launch my YouTube channel in 2006 I was one of the first people on YouTube and uh, I started the first online yoga challenge in the world in 2008 and the 30-day yoga challenge went viral and it started like this 20-year movement of people doing yoga or like 15 years maybe doing yoga challenges online and like it started I think it really catalyzed the global kind of receptivity to yoga because it became so common to see people doing yoga all over internet and I was like the first person that started this movement and stuff so it was like really interesting how it all unfolded from from there Wow. Thank you for, for sharing that. What a beautiful, beautiful story. And it sounds like that really catapulted your own flow state. And I know you talk a lot about the flow state and I'm wondering how that has kind of manifested into what you talk about now. You know, it's so interesting how it unfolded because in the beginning, I always knew it was about flow because I mean, my, my favorite style of yoga has always been flow like vinyasa flow right so it's like actually I think the most popular style in the world so most people I really believe 
not most people, I'd say like a lot of people go to yoga because of that energy, the flow. And it's interesting because, I mean, there's other styles, right? There's like, um, let's say like therapeutic yoga, but even those styles, they're still, you know, it's a slower version, but the energy is the same. Like people want to get more flow going right in their body in their emotion, their energy. They just want so I started to realize I've always been a dancer and I was also like a fire dancer for uh, for a long time and I still am. But, but basically the idea that, you know, everything's about flow. So flow is an energy, right? And it's a state. And that's why I love flow state. And it's a consciousness. And when you look at the the scale of consciousness, I don't know if you've ever seen that imagery, but basically, you know, it's it's like going from like the worst case scenario, like I was saying, like total depression, like no purpose of life to you know hopefulness and then moving up the scale to like happiness gratitude love and then flow and flow is up there with like pure Tao and I was a longtime student of Taoism like the Tao Te Ching and this energy of Taoism or Tao is the energy of flow it's like the nameless formless consciousness and I loved that flow state is kind of like the English translation of that to me that's really the message it's like to understand that there is this realm of infinite existence and we'll call it flow state we could also call it doubt right so the energy of like infinite existence god consciousness divine spirit whatever you want to call that you know people call it many things god but but it's like a vibration right and and like when you're in that energy things are just going well right so it's like you're healthy you're feeling good there's happiness there's joy there's like manifestation happens faster in that field of pure potential you know it's it's like you're tapped into the akashic records and you're able to draw in whatever is aligned for your soul to manifest its greatest purpose and so I love that field of, you know, living in that realm. I feel like it's like the only thing, like what, what else are you going to do? Right. So like, if you're not in that, then like, I feel like everything should be about getting into that. So like Abraham Hicks calls it the vortex. I think it's a similar concept of vortex, which is basically like this realm where like, you know, Abraham Hicks always talks about like all of your manifestations are like in the vortex. Well, the vortex is like what we could call like this realm, right? So it's like, it's all there. And there's like infinite time space reality that everything exists simultaneously past, present and future. And we have the potential to access that, right? So if we can merge with that and like make our vibration about that and like always kind of aligning with that energy then I really believe you know it brings all the answers so it's like okay this is what this is the person you should meet this is the you know healing that you need whatever it is doesn't mean that like you're perfect but I really believe that that's where you can access everything that you need in order to achieve your greatest potential so flow state to me I think is a little more expanded definition than some of the psychological definitions and you know you see it in different groups that they they've defined it they have um, science about it it's really wonderful um, but there was a, a couple of people that have written extensive um, books about this from the psychological side which is basically like you know I like the kind of metaphor it's like flow is where discipline meets surrender so that's kind of like the simplest term I guess is that they've kind of come up with they try to like deduce it down to like this very simple way of explaining it, which that's one part of it. But what I feel is that it's it's that, but it's also, it's this field of energy, right? And our consciousness has the ability to be that energy. And so what I've found through my work and through the Flow State Institute is that whenever we have a trigger or a block to the flow in our field, that's where our work is at. So if it's a gut health or if it's our heart chakra or if it's something in the mind, you know, it could be ancestral. Like there's so many things that we work with in terms of Flow State Institute because it's not one thing. You know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, do these asanas and you're perfect. It's like, actually, there's many levels to consciousness. And and in order to be a master of flow, you have to really work on all the levels and, and have an awareness 
that we're interdimensional beings and that we have all these levels. And then really like having that periphery vision of understanding all the levels, but like also kind of like being very grounded in reality and being like, okay, like what's coming up for me right now? Oh, I need to work on my gut health or I need to work on my, I need to sleep better. I need to have a a better routine or, you know, there's different ways that we can apply this into practical reality so that we can align better with that energy. So that's what we built the flow state Institute. It's really like got, you know, so many powerful ancient and modern techniques and practices science backed by like Harvard and Stanford all these science research now that's shown how these practices heal people whether it's depression anxiety trauma um, healing you know like different things with sleep you know the nice thing is now we're at a time in history way different when than when I started teaching 18 years ago we're at a time in history where there's like so much science like backing it and, and then there's all these celebrities that do it and it's like they were teaching yoga at the white house so it's like such a different realm where now it's like really accepted but I think where I'm wanting to go with it in terms of flow state is really helping people to know that there's like so much more than the asanas. And a lot of the Western culture got really stuck on the physical aspect of the yoga p- practice. And it's my mission a little bit with the yoga side to really take people deeper and to help them to access this like greater potential that's available. Mm, I love that, that accessing that greater potential available. That's beautiful work. And and you're right. I, I too am a yoga teacher and there was kind of a, a stuckness in just the postures and wanting to be flexible. And I don't know how many times you've probably gotten this too, where people say like, oh, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. I mean, I've heard that so many times, um, but that it, there's, they're all a- thinking on the level of the body. And yeah. you know, I always talk to those people. I start talking to them about the fact that yoga is just not even about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, Oh, really? And then you start to explain, Oh, we have like so much more. That's like this amount. Let's talk about your mental health. (laughs) And and I'm curious as to like, you mentioned other techniques for people to access this flow state or this realm that you, that, I mean, there's different terms for it, but like what, what tools are kind of like go-tos for you that you either use yourself or teach in, in your Institute that you think really help people tap into this flow state or into this outer realm that's beyond kind of the physical body and the chattery mind? So there's a few, I mean, all of them are good, but then there are some that are like higher technology. What I would say higher technology means it gets you there faster with less effort and more like more directly, right? So what I've noticed because, you know, after 18 years, you know, you teach all these things and then you realize, okay, like if you were going to deduce it down to like just more simplified, right? What would be the fastest route to get people to that state, right? Because, you know, you say, okay, you need to do all these things, but like, okay, what's the direct? So I think that if you were going to give somebody one thing that kind of like surpasses like so many barriers is the breath, right? So your breath, it's interesting because everybody breathes. So the nice thing about the breath is that it's a, it's a form of meditation. So you're putting them into a meditative state, but with the certain different types of breath techniques, you're altering their state and they can feel it immediately. That's a nice thing because a lot of times, you know, people, they want a result right away. We're in a very instant gratification culture. So it's like, okay, I want to feel something different. And if they feel it immediately in a way that feels like effective, then they're going to be more likely to stick with something. And especially if you can tell them and you don't need to do more than like five minutes a day. Now you're also helping people to create discipline because they're going to be like, okay, I could do that five minutes a day or like, you know, but if you say you need to do this every day for 90 minutes, now you just lost 95% of people because most people are like, okay, I don't have time. So anyway, the breath is super interesting because you know, they even say now, like the breath is the new yoga. People try to say that breath is part of yoga. So it's not like it's the new yoga, but you know, everyone wants to have a gimmick around things. So that's like a lot of people say that, but, but what it means is that through the vehicle of the breath with a very direct protocol, I will say you can get somebody to access that state flow state or the state of bliss or a state of just higher consciousness where they feel better than when they started very quickly. Right. And so that's really nice. And I even developed a uh, a little ritual that I, that we're going to be promoting this pretty soon. It's really cool. It's a breathing bracelet. So this is interesting because, you know, within um, the yogic tradition for thousands of years, a lot of them 
you know, really focus on like mala beads, which is a form of meditation where they call it japa, where you breathe or you meditate or you do a mantra with every bead. And there's 108 beads, which I think is wonderful. I still promote that. But but then I was like, how do you make it even simpler? And so more people will get into it. Because I know so many people who are even very spiritual and they might even wear the beads and still not use them as the tool that they are, right? So I was like, okay, what's even simpler than that? these bracelets. And it's funny because I always wear these bracelets. So I was like, they're so cute anyway. They're made out of crystals. So they already have like a fashionable side to them. But the cool thing is, so we're creating this, um, this movement uh, about these ritual breathing bracelets. And it's a way of, and you can do it with one hand and each bead is a breath, right? So they're breathing bracelets and each bracelet's only about 16 to 18 beads. So it's like literally 16 to 18 breaths. So that's like a minute, maybe two minutes. You know, it's very doable for most people. So I really want to get people into these like rituals where they stop what they're doing and they focus on their breath, right? Or like, and, and what that does is it brings people to the present moment. So when you combine presence, present moment awareness with the breath, it helps you get out of your mind. So then that's even uh, another direct access to this flow state consciousness is what we're talking about because a lot of times what blocks the flow state consciousness is like overthinking right mm -hmm. so people are like to-do list and or they're like in a loop about the past or like beating themselves up about something or maybe they don't feel well so that's on a loop or there's an old program running that's like sabotaging them or whatever it is right so or maybe some people just walk around judging everything and that keeps them in a loop but whatever it is if the mind is keeping people in their suffering state and in a loop then, you know, we have to get them out of that. So in order to get out of that, so I'm like, okay, combining breath and present moment awareness, which the bracelet helps with, because now you're really in the moment with this. And, and you can combine it as well with like an affirmation or a mantra. There's a couple of ways to even bring more elements to make it more focusing. But anyway, so the intention is to get people to make these little practices, right? Because what happens is in the, in the brain, your brain has all of these neural networks, right? So if you have your old patterns, they are because you have habituated thought forms that have fired together enough times that it created that as a solid neural network. So let's say your old thought form that's sabotaging you is like, nobody likes me. I don't have any support. Um, I'm fat and ugly, whatever. A lot of people have these like thoughts, right? And so what happens is now you have that and it's it's fired together so many times that it becomes like really, really a strong belief. And so what you have to do is break those old ones and form new ones. So let's say the new one is I'm beautiful, I'm, I'm abundant, I'm blessed, I'm supported, God loves me, whatever your affirmations are gonna be, um, your new frame of mind, your new way of seeing life and your role in that you have to start to reprogram it so with the breath with affirmations or mantra you start to re rewire the neural network now when you say it repeatedly at least once a day let's say now you're going to start to wire they say neur neurons that fire together wire together so let's say 30 days is the statistics where they say at least 30 to 60 days you need to do something repetitively and then you start to create a new habit the new habit, all that really is, is these neurons fire together enough times and then they go, hey, we're just going to like stick together because we're now like firing together so often we're just going to become solid in this new habit and this new energy. And so that's how you create new neural networks and that's how you create uh, new programs. And, and, you know, and so, so this is how you can transform your consciousness very simply, you know, it doesn't have to be rocket science. It's literally just breathing with a bracelet. It does, you don't even really need the bracelet, but I'm just saying like, this helps people to remember, but the idea that you want to reprogram the consciousness and, and get it into a, a, a state that feels like it's affirming your energy in that higher vibration right so like if you're saying in this consciousness i am supported i am one with the divine source of life for example that energy is flow state because it's all in this higher vibration so when you're in continuously in a higher vibration and a state of total like openness to the divine that's flow state, you know, so there's different portals and like different aspects of it, but that's the way I look at it. So that's why, you know, I was like kind of a happiness expert most of my life. And I think part of it was just this, it was like, 
you know, being in this happiness or joy or love or gratitude or appreciation or like all of these higher vibrational states are in the realm of flow state. So the more that you stay in that realm of energy or find your way back there when you get out, then you're living in flow state. And then, you know, there's like miracles can be unfolding all the time in that, in that realm. Mm. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. I think that's really important. And, you know, it's because I think there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they might get there very momentarily, they'll experience it and then they'll drop down, like something will knock them out. And so it's, I think the, the trick is to really, um, or I don't know if you want to call it a trick for lack of better words, but like, you know, the, um, to be able to get yourself out of that state, right. And to bring yourself back up. And so, um, so yeah, so when someone, when you, you find yourself knocked out, like, what do you suggest to do more breath work or, um, is there like, how to, like how quickly, you know, um, cause sometimes it can take, I think people sometimes a little bit longer to recognize that they're out of that state and then finding their way back. So breath work or are there other things that you would recommend? There's lots of things. First of all, I think when you get knocked out of it, as you described, it's it's a it's a good thing because it's showing you where you need to do some work, right? So mm-hmm. let's say you get knocked out of it. Now, what? It's not just like you just get knocked out, like you're riding a horse and the horse just kicks you <laughs> off. I mean, you it could be, but I don't think that like we're victims in that way. I think that it's like the universe is always communicating with us. So if if something happens or we're knocked out of our good state there's a message there. And that's a beautiful thing. If we can just see everything as actually a blessing, then we're like, okay, what is the message here? Give me an example. So I think a lot of times people, whether it's like, we'll give a, a very common example, like somebody's doing fine. And then all of a sudden, like they're driving and someone cuts them off and then they have road rage, right? So let's just give that as a simple example. So someone who has like a trigger of, of rage or anger, it's never about the thing. It's never about that person cutting them off. It's always about a deeper thing. So if they have like an inherent core of something that could be triggered as rage, there's a rage in them that needs to be addressed. Okay, you can't get triggered in a road rage if you don't have rage in you. Like I never get road rage. So it's like, if you don't have rage in you, you can't get triggered into it. Same thing like, for example, people who are mean or um, violent or, you know, these different energies, right? It's like, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's in you. So if you have that in you, something comes along into your field, whether it's a person, a circumstance or a situation happens. And then all of a sudden you're in this state, which, uh, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, they call it a shenpa. So the shenpa is this thing, like almost like the trigger, but it's like, it what puts you into this state that's a bad state. And then all of a sudden you're like in it. And it's very sticky there it's hard to get out you know you're like in this like whirlpool going down like spiraling into a hole and you're like how do I get out and all of a sudden you're all of your cells are like on fire with this rage or you know whatever the thing maybe it puts you into trauma one of the most common I would say probably even like all of the triggers of this is coming from a core of trauma so let's say I mean it could be something so simple like trauma like when I was a kid you know somebody uh, killed my dog. I mean, that's not simple, but you know, something where it was so deep, but it stayed with them their whole life. And so now anything related to someone that looked like that person or some circumstance that was like, even remotely similar would trigger that deep core energy, which is trauma, whether it feels violated, feels like unsafe. It feels, uh, like a victim, like there's different energies that could be wrapped in it, but basically it's the same. There's a core of this vibration that's not, not flow state, we'll say, not love, not joy, and it's in you. And so that's when these little triggers come along and they show you that. Now, if you are awake and you're willing to look at it, then you're like, oh, actually, I see, I need to look at that. And then not only just look at it, but I need to deal with this for like, for once and for all, because I do not allow myself to carry this vibration anymore. And also that vibration that's in the core is sabotaging the ability to stay in flow. Because as long as we have these in our core, we're always going to get triggered and pulled out. 
of the flow, right? So it's like, it's our opportunity to grow. It's our opportunity to heal and evolve when we get these triggers. But so like, you know, one of the ones that I had a huge experience of this because I had so many traumas and like I noticed when things would trigger my traumas, I would feel tremendously unsafe. And, and it would just be like that. And, and there's like an energy to it where you just feel like almost like the core of you is shaking. It's like if literally, and it goes all the way back to the primal, like cavemen days when we would uh, fight or flight, like when a tiger would come and um, we felt, you know, afraid of getting killed. So we actually develop this fight or flight response in the amygdala of our brain in order to trigger us to get away from danger. But now we don't have tigers showing up in the cave. Instead, we have that guy cutting us off on the highway and and it triggers the same feeling of like, I'm not safe and I'm being attacked or whatever. And then all of a sudden it triggers all this like spiraling out of control of these negative emotions. So instead of looking at that, like, oh, you know, that guy's a jerk or like somehow projecting, blaming uh, whatever's outside of us, the important thing is always to like turn it within. It's never about them. It's always about us. It's like, what is the inside uh, what is the core of this and what is the message of this and and what is this teaching me and and how can I look at this and and realize that there's something here to let go of or something here to heal or however you want to look at that but basically there's just so many dimensions to these things and I and I did this work for my whole life so it's it's so interesting to me because I worked with millions of people on this level of like really looking at it but, you know, it's a very courageous soul that's willing to look at their self in this deep way and really take responsibility for every single moment of life. And instead of just trying to find ways to blame the entire external reality on, on their circumstance or like the way that they feel and realize no one can make you feel any certain way. So true. Yeah, so true. It's it's taking ownership and responsibility of our feelings and not getting stuck in that victim mentality. Um, I definitely, yeah, I, I hear that within you. I'm, I'm curious too, when, when you talk about areas that need healing, like I, I do believe that everything is an opportunity to learn, even with the button pushers that enter my mm-hmm. life or what seem like really unfortunate circumstances and not to, you know, not to, emotionally bypass it. But I do think that there are lessons that we can learn from in there. So I'm wondering as this healing work goes, like we have this, let's say we've, we're working on the self-awareness to look at areas of life that we would consider as struggles or suffering. And as we begin to heal, we begin to align like energetically for more success or more happiness. Um, do you see that as part of, of the healing journey or the healing process as getting more into alignment with what we do want? Absolutely. Well, I think on the soul level, if you just look at the, like I see everybody as energy, right? So everything's energy. On the very core soul level, we're already there, right? You're already bliss. Like there is no needing to heal on that right it's but there's like this kind of interesting thing because the soul is tied to the physical realm in this body so in the realm of this body we carry all this memory right and it's even interesting because it's all the way back to like ancestry like I did a lot of work into my ancestors and like the deepest ancestors was like the very origin of humanity 10,000 years or 7,000 years in Egypt and I mean a lot of work I did there and I realized you know it's interesting because we carry we carry programs from all the dimensions and from every like from our ancestry thousands of years and it can be carried in this physical body right now so it's interesting because a lot of times people can even wonder like why am I this way? And, and like, why does this bother me? Or, you know, maybe they've done inner work and they have not really even been able to find anything in this life that was related to like, where is this coming from? That happened with, for me too. And so I was like, wow, it's interesting to go in and to explore this aspect, which is that we are, we are infinitely connected to everything, right? So, and then we are even more intimately connected to that, which we have come from, which is like ancestry specifically, but 
So whenever we find ourselves getting pulled out of our joy or like our natural state, which is this loving, joyous, slow state energy, because if you could see little babies have that, you know, babies are just like, hey, and they're like living in that vibration all the time. They're pure, they're uh, trusting, they, they're just like open. That is a vibration of God. And they show us, children show us, puppies, you know, a lot of nature is always showing this as the natural state. Then if you look at adults or like a lot of humans, you know, you see like, it's interesting. I was walking along San Francisco and a lot of people do not look happy and they're just like scowling and kind of there's this thing. And a lot of it, it's like I said, it's, it's layers and layers, but it's the mind. And then it's like these programs and it's these traumas. And then it's also the physical health, right? So we have part of flow is movement and you have to move your energy, whether like we talked about with breath, but also with physical movement, whether it's with asanas, a yoga practice or dancing, um, even tantra and making love, but different ways that we can move our energy field. So we're always purifying the vibration of our field and finding ways to move the energy. Otherwise it gets stuck and stagnant and, and that's a whole nother thing that can block the flow of energy and prevent us from like being in that natural state of joy. And, and so, and it's also our rituals. That's why I'm so into ceremony and rituals. Cause if you think mm. about it, you wake up in the morning and like so many people, this is like talked about a lot right now, but it's like a lot of people right away, get on the phone, check social media or email, or, you know, they do all these things that do not raise their vibration. And, and then it puts them into this alternate state of like comparison or like, to-do lists and, and that instead, you know, what I love is you get up and go do something immediately that's moving your body, breathe. Exercise is wonderful first thing in the morning and like meditation, doing things outside in the morning, like whatever, and drink a lot of water, but just doing, doing like a totally different approach to your routine and ritual and ceremony and then just stretching that energy so that your whole day and your whole life can become a ritual and a ceremony and that you can continuously like invoke this state into your like all aspects of your life and all aspects of your day mm, absolutely I think ceremony and ritual are so important you know I know that that makes a huge difference for me in my life you know when I wake up and find the things that I'm grateful for. I meditate and breath work and exercise and it just shifts the energy, you know, and you mentioned too about, you know, where there's so many factors that people are walking around with, right? Like the ancestral and the, you know, things there's multidimensional pieces. Right. Um, and, and I think because healing is very multifaceted. So it's so important to look at ourselves and look at the different pieces that are coming in and recognizing that we might be carrying, you know, our, our grandmother's, you know, beliefs and, but that awareness, right? It, it takes so much awareness for someone to really start to, to look at those things. And so, you know, I'm just wondering, because like you said, like we have these layers, right? The layers of the, so to speak, onion that we're, we're having to release. And so just giving someone a tool, I know you named breath work. Um, are there other things that can help people just start down that journey of, you know, self-discovery and opening that onion? So it doesn't become maybe overwhelming, but just beginning to peel back the layers. Absolutely. I mean, I think what, it depends if people are starting out like at zero, meaning they've never done anything in the consciousness or, you know, in this realm, or if they're kind of like, maybe they already go to yoga class or something, but they're looking for a deeper journey. There's so many different avenues, right? And and even I, you know, I've, been, I've worked with some of the most enlightened people on the planet, like Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. He still talks about meditation, you know, every day. And like, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing because as you get deeper into a spiritual journey, you realize it's an ever unfolding peeling of the onion. So it's not just like, oh, we want to peel away the onion. And then after a year, you're going to get to this thing. No, it's just like your whole life becomes that because it's a beautiful thing. It's not like a chore, like, oh, I got to do this peeling the onion. No, it's actually like so amazing because the more layers you peel away, you get closer and closer to the true essence of your, your soul being the divine expression of everything in your life. And so however much you can put into that, whether it's time, time. or energy or, you know, just like excitement about that 
that journey is how much you're going to get out of it. So that's the nice thing. It's like an investment bank account. It's like you put energy, time, money, and everything into your development of this aspect of self, which is like the true essence, the consciousness unfolding, the lotus flower of your beingness. And putting energy in that direction, you're going to get back lots of dividends, right? And it keeps paying you for the rest of your life because it never, you can never unlearn once you understand your consciousness from a new perspective, it never goes away. And so it's so beautiful as, as the unfolding and the blossoming lotus of consciousness starts to really take an even more wonderful shape for each individual that they they're guided to the next best step and one of my favorite quotes is is you know when the when the student is ready the teacher appears and I really believe that to be true and everything along the journey of my life has been exactly that like the exact teacher the mentor the uh, even if the teacher or the mentor was like a lover at the time or a best friend or my sister or my puppy or you know it could be a circumstance it could be a business situation but there was always like this next thing that's unlocking or revealing to you what it is that you need to see and then if you're really paying attention that's when you can not only, you know, just like have these awarenesses, but actually take heed and go into it and like fully, you know, peel that whole layer off. Because <laughs> when, you, when you think about the layers, it's really what we call in yoga, the Maya. So the Maya is like this veil of illusion. And so as we peel away any veils of illusion, you strip away all the veils. So there's nothing left. And all you see is just absolute clarity. And you're like, wow, actually, this is real. Like, this is the true, like existence and everything else, you can still see it, but you have such a deeper understanding that that's not real. And so it, you get stronger in your discernment of what you're willing to put your energy or time or your focus into. And then, you know, that's another guiding system within this path of consciousness. So if people are looking to get started. I mean, there's so many ways, but I mean, I have a ton of resources. I have an app. People can download the app. It's at theflowstate.app. There's videos in there. I have like hundreds of videos on YouTube. I have, you know, like so many things. I have online courses all over the planet. Some of the, I reach millions of people with, with the 30 day yoga challenge video course. We filmed that at the, in the Maldives. It was so beautiful at the Banyan tree resort. Um, I, I filmed this uh, 30 videos and it's a way for people to get started with a daily yoga practice and they can, um, you know, practice every day. It's like 10 to 20 minutes. So it's short and it's beautiful. So it feels like you're on vacation. And so that's been a really nice way for some people to get into yoga on a daily basis. And, and, and it's incorporating the breath, it's incorporating the movements and each practice is targeted for like your neck, your shoulders, your core. And so it breaks it down into these little pieces. And, but what I'm really passionate about is helping people, you know, either get started because if someone didn't start yet, I'm like, okay, you got to get started. But then if they're already on the path, it's like, how do you take that to the next level and really experience a true shift in your entire existence? And for me, that happened through yoga teacher training. So that's uh, with the Flow State Institute, we have a teacher training and it's online and people can dive into it. it's hundreds of hours and they become fully certified but it's a life-changing healing experience because they go through all these different programs, practices, hundreds of hours of, of video training, and it changes your life from the inside out. But then it also gives you like a vessel on how to share this with others. And I really believe something that Tony Robbins always says, which is the secret to living is giving. So if you learn something that helps you, it is literally our responsibility to share that. And so that's why I created the teacher training so that people can share these practices with their family, the loved ones around them, their community, or even take it bigger and make a whole life career out of it. But basically that, you know, if you know how to change your own life, you know how to transform your consciousness, you know how to heal your ancestral karma and all sorts of things, you should be sharing that with your loved ones. You don't want to be the only one living in flow state and everyone around you suffering. <laughs> <laughs> that's true well thank you very much we will definitely put your those links um that you provided for us in the show notes so people can contact you and and they'll know where to find you is there as we wrap up is there anything else you're currently working on that you'd like to share with our listeners 
Yeah, actually, so I was I was mentioning it a little bit earlier, but so part of this bracelet thing, it's um it's my foundation. So I started this nonprofit. It's called Bright Future Foundation, and the acronym is BFF. And the, I don't know if you guys, I think we're all in the same kind of age category. Like when we was kids, we always had like these BFF necklaces. You had like right? So did you guys have that? Yeah, with the broken yeah. heart. Did you have the broken yeah. heart? And you got like one half each. It's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm bringing I'm bringing sexy back with that, but without the broken heart piece, it's gonna have like a cuter pendant. But basically, it's gonna go with the bracelets, though. So basically, it's brightfuture.org, but we have what we're calling the BFF Gift Club, and it's a way that I created because one thing that always was like so beautiful for me is like giving gifts to people that I love. So I was like, you know, it'd be so fun is to be able to create an opportunity where people can build a gift box for their loved ones, their friends, their family, and it's a BFF Gift Club where you can you pick the box, you pick what you want in the box, you pick the color of the crystals of the bracelets. We even have like blue, like Egyptian blue lotus tea and blue lotus oil which is like really sacred energy for euphoria and bliss and and then you can we even have like sacred geometry pendants with like the tree of life or um, Sri Yantras and lots of really special little gifts so you can like create the box you can pick up to six items to put in the box and then we even put like a custom gift card and uh, and we send it to your friends so this is a special thing that we're doing in order to raise funds for my foundation which is really focused on what this initiative we have with the children are the future and uh, a big initiative with helping to alleviate the children's mental health crisis and also with veterans and the military and their families. So we have this huge initiative and we haven't launched it, but we're going to be launching this in actually the next couple of weeks. So anybody wants to check it out, you can go to brightfuture.org and uh, check it out and let your friends know about it. Mm, beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Dashama. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your family and friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes and Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps us with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining. <laughs>